0: Amen. Go ahead and be seated if you would. Uh, We are in for a treat today. Um, Journey Church International. I want you to go ahead and get your bulletin ready. Flip it over to the back side so you can take notes today. Um, But we have one of one of my favorite people in the world uh, is going to be speaking to us today. A dynamic message I heard at 915. I can't wait to hear it again. Uh, But Danielle and I probably are two favorite people in the world. Uh, We call them our church planting parents, um, and really, they're they're kind of our. They've become our spiritual parents. The last two years um, is a man named Mac Lake and his wife Cindy. Uh, In October of 2009, God laid it on our hearts that we were supposed to start a church, and after praying for about a year about that, we decided we were going to. We sold our house, we moved to Lee Summit, and in January of 2011, we kind of began the exciting adventure. Of Taking nine months to start a church, but we knew nothing about church planning Um, And one of the churches we went to see was a church just outside atlanta named westridge church And I asked the pastor at the end of the service to pray over me about my church plant He got to know a little more about me and said who is who's helping you? Who's advising you? Who's mentoring you and coaching you as you get ready to start this church and I said I have no one uh, I know what god has called us to do we've moved to a new community We've started meeting with a family a, a group of families in our home But we really don't have anyone telling us what to do and he said I need you to meet a man named mac lake He works on behalf of our church uh, In a network that's called the, the launch network and he basically mentors and coaches guys who are planning churches And you're going to need help and he's going to help you uh, And two weeks later daniel and I flew back to atlanta We had our first real time with mac and cindy lake and they at a difficult time in our life And at the most exciting time in our life became people, some of the only people in the world that we truly had entrusted our hearts to. Um, Everything that our church has done since nine months before we started till today, till a year from now, uh, goes through the filter of the Launch Network. They're one of our oversight ministries that looks over our church to make sure we're doing a good job. Anytime I don't know how to do anything. I get Mac on the phone and say, what should I do? I remember when Mac and I, uh, in the early spring in March of 2011, stood on this stage and I said, Mac, here's, I, I think this is the school we're going to have in church in, but we don't have any people and the gym, is way too big, so what, what do we do to make it feel like a church? And I remember Mac and I standing right here saying, you know, we need to raise the baskets and we need to put some pipe and drape around and you could put your soundboard in the back and I remember he and I, a, almost a year before we started our church, standing right here Picturing what this would look like up until two weeks ago when I said mac We we really feel in our leadership time that it's that it's time to move to buy ground to purchase a building What do we do? And he connected me with a consulting firm that's going to help us figure that out in the next year I mean everything we do passes through the lens of mac lake and the launch network Um, You don't know it because you're not church planning experts, but I, I thought it was funny We actually had a church planner and his wife from independence visiting today that are going to plan in september i met them after the service and the wife said my husband leaned over to me when he heard that mac was speaking and he said this guy's a really big deal um this guy is a really big deal but to our church he's a great friend he's a great mentor he's a great pastor would you please put your hands together and welcome mac lake to our stage today as he ministered to us from god's word
1: thanks man thank Mike. Oh, it is so good to be here with you guys. Can you hear me? There we go. Uh, it's so good to be here with you guys. I love your pastor and, uh, and Danielle, uh, so good friends with Cindy and I, and uh, we love what God's doing in them and through them. It's amazing to see what God's done in this two-year journey. And can I tell you something uh, about this couple? I've, got, I've, I've spent two years with him now, and your pastor is a man of integrity, and a man of humility. And I have no doubt that's why God's hand of favor is on this church and and what God's doing here. And so you are so fortunate to be led by an incredible couple, and uh, I'm blessed to call them friends. Now, I told him earlier, I said, he's got a problem, though. I was coaching him earlier in the uh, 915 service. I was coaching him from up here because I said, here's the problem. And you just made it worse. You didn't listen to me first. He just made it worse. And so what I told him is, when you walk in this place, the greeting is incredible. The signage, the greeting, the warmth, the friendliness. Then you come in and the worship is outstanding. And so by the time you get to this point, the bar's raise so high, oh my goodness, the pressure. And then he comes out here and tells you all this stuff about me that half ain't true. So, <laughs> but, so I told him what he needs to do is you start with the sermon from now on and then you move to the worship and you end with the greeting. That way the experience just keeps going up all the time. So... Uh, Hey, uh, seriously, uh, this couple does an incredible job leading. uh, I've I've watched this. I've recognized this. So um, a few weeks ago, I called Christian because I was speaking at a uh, church planting conference. There's 5,000 church planters and their wives that go to this conference in Orlando. And I said, Christian... Church planters need to hear your story. They need, to, they need to learn from you. So we got some pictures up here. I invited your pastor to come with me to Orlando and Danielle came and uh, he spoke in front of a bunch of church planters on behalf of launch and uh, did an incredible job just teaching these guys and they were going crazy. They were writing like crazy. It was so fun for me to, to sit back and to watch that. So uh, Christian, thanks for letting me be here. Man, it's, it's fun to, to watch you. Okay. Hey, we're going to play a little game. You ready? We're going to play a little game where uh, I'm going to, the, the guys in the back, they're going to play an audio clip of a voice and you have to identify who it is. And I got prize. Okay. I got a prize for, uh, for the winner. Now I'm going to have to do like this because I can't see you very well. So um, let's play, let's roll the first one. Who is this voice? Where so many decisions have been made that shaped the history Nixon, oh, over nation. here. Somebody cheated. They said it out loud, but that's okay. We're going to give them a prize anyway. A cup of coffee on us. Here you go. All right. All right, very good. Now, the next one. Let's see if you can get this one.
0: Uh, these are actual rumors or, or, or things we got out of the chat. I heard it back there. Uh, right here? First one, you'll never get married. Jay Leno, you're... yes.
1: All right, prize right over here. Now, this next one, you're probably going to have to listen r- real close because I don't know how distinguishable this voice is, but, but who is this? <laughs> Hey, look, it's working. The Fun Bob Squarepants right there. All right. Very, very good. Very good. You know, it's funny. I mean, it's so easy. You guys got that so quick because the voices are so distinguishable, right? Easy to recognize. We've had a lot of exposure to them. We've seen these people. We know who they are. You know, we know their voice. We recognize their voice. Don't you wish it was that easy to recognize the voice of God? Don't you just wish that, that you could just hear God so clearly that as you're going through your day, you encounter a problem, you encounter a situation, need a little wisdom, you say, hey, God, what should I do? And God says, well, <clears throat> let me tell you, <clears throat> here, here's what you need to do. And God just talked to us. That would be so cool. And, and, and let me tell you why that would be so cool. This would be so cool because here's the thing I know about God. God has infinite wisdom. His infinite wisdom. He knows the right thing to do anytime, every time. And man, I would love to have access to that. Oh, then just be, hey God, what's the wise thing to do? And boom, He tells you, and boom, we move on. That'd be so cool. Here, here's the other thing I know about, I know about God. God. God knows the future. And so it would be really cool to be going through your day, and all of a sudden you hit this crossroad and go, should I do A or B? Go this direction or this direction. And you say, hey, hey, God, which way? And God says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. You just go that way because this is what's going to happen. And he just points you the right direction. You go, thank you, avoided some trouble because you heard the voice of God so clearly. Here's the other thing I know about God that, that just make that so cool. God created you. And because God created you, Psalm 139 tells us, he formed you in his, before you were even born. He formed you in, in, in your mother's womb. So he knows your personality. He knows your preferences. He knows your passions. He knows you. So to be able to talk to God and say, hey, God, hey, hey God, you know me. I mean, You know me pretty good. In fact, you know me really well. So what should I do here? And God just, boom, give it the answer. It'd be so cool. Because you see, we, we need this. We need this a lot. Uh, you know, you, you, got a, you got this little kid, right? And, and this little kid is so cute and sweet and you love your little your little girl your little boy I mean you just love them they got little dimples and all that and you just look at and you love them and then they turn 13 and when they turn 13 they turn into a monster you don't know what happened all of a sudden they're rude and they're mean and they talk to the dog better than they talk to you and you try everything I mean you 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 try everything, and regardless of what you do, they're they're making bad choices. They're they're choosing friends that you don't approve of, and whatever. You, when you say blue, they say white. You know, I mean, it's just it just doesn't work. You know, I remember when one of my sons turned fifteen. Or he was fifteen, and it, it was just it was just not working. And so I remember one day I grabbed him. I said, "Hey, come outside with me." And we went and we sat out on the front porch and I looked at him. I literally looked at him. I said, This, I said, son, I've never parented a 15-year-old before. And you've never been 15 before. And neither one of us are doing a very good job here. This just isn't working. Something ain't working. We gotta figure this out. You know, I was just, we'd been praying, I've been trying everything, and it was just like clash, clash, clash. And wouldn't it be so cool just to be able to say, hey God, what are the three steps for handling this? And boom, it's solved. But we had to wrestle. Or some of you, some of you wives, you've been watching your husband and he's working more and more and more hours. And you're beginning to notice there's, there's this greater emotional disconnection and, and even this physical disconnection taking place. And you notice he doesn't look at you the way he used to. He doesn't touch you the way he used to. He doesn't make you laugh the way he used to. He doesn't take you out like he used to. He, he doesn't flirt with you. And, and, and you're just beginning to wonder, does he even desire me anymore? It would just be so good just to be able to sit down with God and say, God, how, how do I change the trajectory of this relationship? Because it's going places I really... I really don't want to see it go. Wouldn't it be God it wouldn't be great if God just tell you. Or you or you got a new boss, you know, you're, you're you got a new manager that's overseeing you and you loved your job before he was there. But all of a sudden, he's come in. He's changed everything. He's changing systems and changing processes. He's bringing accountability and, and expectations are just outrageous. And now you're really rushing. You're going, God, I don't know what to do. I mean, do I quit my job? Do I confront him? Do I go to upper management and tell him? I mean, God, well, what do I do? Because I'm absolutely miserable in my job right now. It would just be so nice, God, if you would just talk to me and tell me what to do. There's a fascinating passage in, in John chapter 10. Jesus had just healed a blind guy on Sabbath. Now, the religious leaders got really, really ticked about that. They didn't like that. So they pulled Jesus aside, and they're talking to him, and they're complaining, and they're asking questions, and they're interrogating him, and he's listening to them. And then he, he stops them, and he gives them an illustration. And he says this. He said, guys... It's like I'm a shepherd, okay, and 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 I've got sheep that follow me, and and you guys don't quite get this. You see, when I talk to my sheep, they understand my voice; they know what I'm telling them. And you guys aren't quite getting this. You see, I'm talking to you, but you're not hearing me. I'm telling you things, but you're not listening. And 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 so here's what he said in 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 verse twenty four twenty seven. He said. He looked at him, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now here's what's fascinating to me about this whole analogy that Jesus gives them. You see, shepherds back in the day, they would, they would tend their sheep all day long. And at the end of the day, they would take their sheep to this big sheep pen. And so five, six, seven different shepherds would bring their flock and they would put them all in this giant pen. And they would intermix and they would intermingle and there was a gatekeeper and he would, he would watch the, the, the sheep overnight. And then the next morning, the shepherds would come back and he, he, he would say something and his sheep would come out of the gate and they would follow him, just his sheep. They would get, get right back in their flock. I've seen this on YouTube. I mean, it's crazy. This shepherd walks up live. He just goes, come, come, like just like that there are literally thousands of sheep on this hillside and all of a sudden his sheep start coming down the hill and following him it was crazy so these guys knew exactly what jesus was saying it's amazing analogy that he uses here he said guys i've been talking you're not listening so here's the thing i want you to get today okay i want you to write this down god is always speaking but i'm not always listening God's always speaking. It's just, I'm not always listening. Now, why, aren't we, why don't we hear the voice of God? I, I think there's several reasons. One, we're not listening for it. Second, we don't want to hear the voice of God. For some of us, if we're honest, we've tuned out the voice of God. For some of us, it's, hey, we've intentionally trained ourselves not to hear the voice of God. We sort of calloused ourselves to it because we're scared of what he's going to say. But honestly, I think most people just haven't attuned their ear to hear the voice of God. Several years ago, I was working for a church. And every year, we, uh, leading up to Easter, we did this thing called the 40-Day Adventure. And in the 40-Day Adventure, it was a study that we would do every day leading up to, to Easter. But in this, uh, this one particular year, they had a spiritual discipline that they said, we want you to practice this discipline every single day, every single day for 40 days. And, and they gave us a journal and it had the, the 40, you know, 40 lines in it. And here's what they told us to do. They said, every day, we want you to look for God's sighting. We want you to look for God's sighting. Just, just every day, as you go throughout your day, look for, listen for God's voice, look for God at work. Where'd you see God at work today? What did you hear him say to you today? What did you see God doing today? And and you just watch for it. And every day you write down one thing where you saw God at work. Small or large, doesn't matter. It was the coolest thing. I mean, this had a transformational impact on our church. Because here's what was happening. Every day, people in our church were were looking for God sightings. They were tuning their ear to, to God. And then they would come to small group during the week. And one of the questions we would talk about is, hey, what was your God sighting? Share one of your God sightings. And people would begin to share where they saw God at work in their life or in the lives of others. How they began to hear God's voice speak. And it was transformational because it helped attune our ears to the voice of God. Now, let me tell you something. This is really important. If, if we're going to attune our, our, our ears to the voice of God, there's something we have to understand. We have to understand that sometimes God has already spoken and we, we need to listen to what he's already said, okay? In, in verse 24, here's, this is funny. This is what Jesus told the, the uh, religious leaders. They said to him, they, they looked at him and they said, Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Hey, Jesus, would you talk to us? If you truly are the Christ, if you truly are Messiah, just tell us plainly. Look at his answer. He said, I told you. (laughs) I've already told you. You're just not listening. I mean, here's these guys. They've studied. They're, They're experts in the law. They're experts in the Old Testament. Jesus has spent months talking and pointing back to the Old Testament scriptures saying, look, if you look here, you'll see that I'm the Messiah. Look here, it prophesied this, I fulfilled this, prophesied this, I fulfilled this. Hey, I'm him, here's your sign, all right? And they're like, no, 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 tell us plainly. And he says, I've already told you, my sheep hear my voice and guys, you're just not hearing it just not hearing it. Sometimes God feels silent to us because he's already spoken. We're just not listening. I remember when, when my son Brandon was about eight. He drove Cindy not crazy. We, we'd sit down at dinner, for example. We'd sit there at dinner and as soon as we sat down, hey dad, hey dad, can I go down to Chip's house and play after supper? Yeah, yeah son, no, no problem. Yeah, you can, you can go to Chip's house and play. Start eating. Three minutes later, hey dad, dad, You think after supper I could go down to Chip's house and play? Yeah, yeah, I just told you, two minutes ago. Remember I told you, you can go to Chip's house and play. He's taking his last bite of supper. Hey, Dad, hey, Dad, can I go down to Chip's house and play? Yeah, yeah, I've already told you. Yeah, you can go to, I've already told you. I do the same thing with my wife. Hey, honey, where where do you keep the peanut butter? And I'll hear from upstairs. It's the same place it was last time I told you. (laughs) And this is what we do with God. There are things he's already told us, things he's already spoken clearly on. God's always speaking, we're just not always listening. So we say, hey God, should I marry Betty? Betty's beautiful. I mean, I know she's not a believer, but, but God, I love her, and, and 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 we've been together for 12 months now, and I just, I can't live without her, and everybody said we're such a great couple, and oh, God, it just feels right, and I love her, and there's no way I could break up with her. God, should I marry Betty? And God's saying, hey, w- wait, I've already spoken about that. Remember 2 Corinthians 6? Don't be unequally yoked with the non-believer. I, I've already, we've already talked about that, remember? Or... Or you say, "Hey God, you know, oh, did you see that advertisement? It's a it's a, it's a four thousand dollar flat screen TV, a hundred and eight inches, and it's on sale for three thousand dollars. God, I know I don't have the money, but 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 God, should I buy it? Should I should I get a loan and and you know you pay for it on credit? God, I mean God, oh, I deserve it. I've been working hard lately. God, you understand, you know. And, and God, besides what I'm going to do, God, I'm going to." I'm going to show Christian DVDs and invite all my friends over and we'll watch Christian Bible studies on the flat screen. It'll be effective, God. Oh, oh it'll be so good. And God's going, wait a minute, in Proverbs 26. I said, you know, if you don't have something, don't, if you don't have the money, don't go buy it. Don't borrow money. Don't, don't do that. When I provide, then you pay for it. I don't mind you having a flat screen, but just don't go, go do it on debt. God's already spoken. And so, Sometimes God's already spoken, we just don't like what he said or we're not listening. I have a buddy and uh, he puts it this way. He says, hey, if you want to hear God speak, he takes his Bible like this. He said, if you want to hear God speak, open his mouth. If you want to hear God speak, open his mouth because he's, he's already spoken in his word. And he makes things very clear for us that way. Now, let me share something else with you. I want you to write this down, okay? If you want to attune your ear to God, you have to remember this. Write this down. Intimacy with God is born out of conversation with God. Intimacy with God is born out of conversation with God. Have you ever heard a wife complain and say, Oh, my husband, he drives me crazy. He just doesn't talk. I mean, he comes home from work, and I'll say, How was your day, honey? And he just goes, Good. Good. Well, um, did you get that big project done that you've been working on? Nah. Well, is your assistant back from maternity leave yet? Yeah. I mean, and she's so frustrated with this. Why? Because she wants intimacy. And you see, conversation leads to intimacy. He's just giving answers. He's just giving answers. And you know what? Sometimes... That's what we want from God. We don't want a conversation. We just want want answers. So so we just just look at God and and we say, hey, hey God, I just want an answer. Here's my situation. Would you just give me an answer? But God's saying, no, no, no. I want a conversation. There's a a beautiful picture of this in Exodus chapter 33. Moses was, was leading the Hebrew people, like a million people out of Egypt, out of slavery. And he was taking them to a land where, where God promised they would have this incredible land. And so they were in the desert and he was leading them there. And, and you know the story. I mean, he got frustrated because they were a pain to put up with. And so I love what Moses did. The camp was over here. Moses went out of camp and went over here and he built a tent and it was called tent of meeting. So Moses would be over here dealing with the people and he'd get real frustrated with them. And so he would leave camp And he would go over and he would get in the tent of meeting and a pillar of cloud would come down, which was the presence of God. And he would sit there and talk to God. you can imagine what the conversation was like, you know. God, these people are driving me crazy. I'm about to wring their neck. Martha over there, she's wanting this, she's wanting that. She complained about this. God, I don't know how to handle that. I mean, it's his place where he met with God. God, we're lost in this desert. I don't know where to go next. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. But he had conversations with God. And it must have been powerful because his aide, Joshua, he would follow him out there. And when Moses would go out, the people would bow down and they would worship and they just stood and watched because they knew God was meeting with Moses and Joshua would just sit by the tent. And he was like, man, that's the kind of relationship with God I want. And, And when Moses would leave the tent, Joshua would just sit there and just keep soaking it up. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says this, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend, God was having a conversation with Moses. That's what well, God. God. God doesn't just give you answers. What's a conversation. I, I, I was I was walking down the beach in California a few months ago, and I was, I was walking down the beach and I was really frustrated and I was going, God, you know, I lead the Launch Network and I was going, God. I, I don't know what's next. I, I, I can't see what's next. I don't know what your vision is. I don't know what you want in there. A couple challenges we're facing with. And God, I, man, I'm just, I don't know what's next. And give me an answer, give me an answer, give me an answer. And, and, and but I was just walking going, gosh, I wish I knew what was next. I wish I could see it. And all of a sudden, God just whispered into my spirit, not audible voice, just whispered in my spirit and said, Mac, if you want answers, then you've got to ask the right questions. And all of a sudden, Exodus chapter 2 through chapter 4 came into my mind, a, cha- a passage I'm familiar with. So I ran back to the hotel. I, I took my Bible out, and I started reading how Moses went before the burning bush, and, and God called him to deliver the Hebrew people out of slavery. And, and the next couple of chapters, all it is is Moses asking God questions and God giving him answers, asking questions, giving answers, asking questions, giving answers. And, and, and God was like, Mac. If you, if you want the right answers, you've got to ask me questions. Let's have a conversation. So I sat there that day and I wrote down about 13 questions that are just on my heart. And then on a flight home, four-hour flight home, I just took those questions and had a four-hour conversation with God. I said, God, what, what do we do about this? God, give me some wisdom on this. You see, God doesn't want to just give you answers. He, he wants to have a conversation. But sometimes what, what we want is... Hey, God, should I marry Betty? Yes. (laughs) Hey, God, should I take this job over here? No. God, should I go to to Hooters or (laughs) Chick-fil-A? (laughs) Chick-fil-A. We just want God to be an answer man. And God's saying, I don't want to be your answer man. I want to have a conversation. I want to wrestle with you on some things. Because it's when you and I wrestle through things, we develop a spirit of intimacy between us. It's when we wrestle with things. I get to know you and you get to know me. It's when you wrestle with God through things that are difficult and begin to have a conversation with Him. That's when your intimacy with God begins to go to a whole nother level because God's saying, I don't want to just give you answers. I want you to know my soul. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know me. And it's in the conversation that you get to know me. And when you get, God says, I promise you, When you get to know me, you will trust me more. When you listen to me more, you will see me work more. When you begin to listen to my still small voice each and every day, when you listen to my small voice, you will begin to see big things happen. God's saying, I don't want to just give you answers because that shortchanges you husbands, wives, you don't want to have a relationship where we have, you just give each other answers. You want a conversation that develops intimacy. And God's saying, that's the very same thing that I want as well. Several years ago, I was in one of those dry seasons spiritually, and I would wake up and it was just like, you know, my prayers were like bricks, you know, they were just dropping like bricks. And, and I was like, God, I, you know, I, need, to, I need a breakthrough here with you. I need to hear you. So I sat down one morning and I read this verse. Psalm chapter five, verse three, it says this. Listen to this. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. I love that because here's what the psalmist is saying. I'm coming before God in the morning and I start talking to him. And then I wait expectantly. Expectantly for what? For the voice of God. Let's have a conversation. And so that, that day I sat there and I scratched out a little pattern that I want to give you because it's helped me so much over the years. And it's a way that, that can help attune your ear to the voice of God. Okay, it's called START. I call it the START method. It's how you start your day the right way. And it's an acronym, S-T-A-R-T. You ready? Here it is. Write it down. S is scripture reading. I'm going to wake up that morning. I'm going to find some time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find a passage to read. And, and here's what I recommend. You pick here's what you do. You pick one paragraph, one paragraph, and you read it. Now, the next thing you're going to do under S, because you've got a little journal that you're working with, okay? You write S, you read a passage, write the passage up there, whatever the passage is. You read it, and then you write it in your own words. That way, it's helping you process it, okay? so you write a little paragraph about the paragraph you just just read. So here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes we we wake up and we say, "Okay, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna get into God's word," and we start reading and we read and we read and we read and we're reading for mileage, not for message. And God said, "No, I don't. I don't care about the mileage. I care about the message." There was this old guy in our church when I grew up. Every, I remember this. I was ten years old. He'd stand up and go. I read through the Bible, the entire Bible this year, you know, and he'd sort of brag about it. And I, was, I would sit there as a kid and go, man, you're mean as a snake. I, you know, I, don't, I don't understand this. You know, you might be in the Bible, but the Bible's not in you because you're a mean as a snake. He was reading for, for mileage, not for message. So you've got to read for message. So S, you, write, you, write, you read a paragraph, you write down what stood out to you or, or your summary of it. T. Thought for the day. T stands for thought for the day. What you're going to do is you're going to go back and read that paragraph again and you're going to underline one verse and then write that one verse out beside the T. What's the thought for the day? What's the one verse that stood out to you? What's the one verse the Holy Spirit impressed on your heart? Or if you're reading a narrative, if you're reading a story, what's one character trait? from one of the individuals that you read about in the passage that stood out to you that you would want to be like or not be like, and you just write that down beside the T. Now, I I would tell you something. This is powerful. You do this day after day after day. You begin to see a transformation because you're you're ingesting God's word. But, But here's the problem. So many times we want God's word to be like an underdog pill. You you remember Underdog? You little ones don't remember Underdog. But Underdog, he he was this geeky little dog. And he had a a girlfriend named Polly Purebred. And Polly somehow was always getting in trouble. And whenever she'd get in trouble, she would go, Underdog, help me. And and she would scream out like that. You thought I had a southern accent. And Polly Purebred had a bad one. And she'd say, help me. Well, here's what Underdog would do. He would take his ring, and he had a pill in his ring. He'd pop a pill out, and he, he would put it in, he buffed up instantly and he would go save polypyramid. Well, we expect God's word to be an underdog pill. So we open it up and we start reading and we start getting into it and we go, eh, I didn't get anything out of that today. I didn't get anything. I, I want to I buff up when I read God's word, but it doesn't happen that way. I call it vitamin B. It's just taking in your vitamin B every day. And when you do that day after day after day, you begin to see a transformation. A, next, is apply it to your life. Apply it to your life. Write down one thing you're going to do as a result of that one verse that stood out to you. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to do? What's he telling you to act on? Maybe it's to pray for somebody. Maybe it's a decision he wants you to make. Maybe it's somebody he wants you to serve or something he wants you to give. I don't know what it is, but what stood out to you and how do how does he want you to apply it because here's the thing i know it's daily application that leads to spiritual transformation it's daily application that leads to spiritual transformation sometimes we read god's word and we we, we check it off the list done did it done and then we complain god i mean, i'm you know i just don't i don't want to get into because it it's not changing me i'm not really growing and it's because it's the application of god's word is what changes us. And then the next step is R. It's review yesterday. Review yesterday. So all you're going to do is you're going to sit down with your journal and, and maybe there's some things you need to confess. As you look back over yesterday, maybe, oh God, thank you for doing this. Oh God, thank you for this. You know, Christian and I had a meeting yesterday with a, a, a significant leader in, in, in town here and just a phenomenal three-hour meeting with this guy. And I'm just, I went home last night. God, thank you. Thank you. It was so valuable. Thank you. So you, you, what are things you need to thank God for? Maybe you look back over yesterday and say, God, I, I need your help with something. I need your help with something. So you, 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 you ask him for things. But you're looking back at yesterday and you're looking for the hand and the voice of God in your life. I was in the airport on my way here. Somebody called my name when I was in line. I turned around, it was a friend of mine. I said, hey man, what are you doing here? He said, well, I'm flying out to California and I'm meeting with four different churches and I'm meeting with the the assimilation pastor of four different churches just so we can learn and be better at assimilation in our church in in Atlanta. And he said, in fact, he said, I just had a meeting last week with uh, a group of assimilation pastors in town here in Atlanta. And he said, oh, Mike, it was so good, man. He was telling me all about it. I said, what churches? And he started listing the churches. Well, one of the churches he listed, I said, oh, yeah. I said, my daughter is getting ready to move out and she wants to go to that church. She's moving to a whole new area. We're hoping she can find a roommate, you know, from that church that she can live with. And man, she's a little shy. I don't know if she'll get integrated into the church because it's a big church. And, And I said, man, I wish I knew somebody over there. And and he said, uh, Well, he said, you know, the assimilation guy over there is brand new. His name's Jason Young. I went, You've got to be kidding me. I've known Jason for four years. Jason's a friend of mine. Hadn't talked to him in a while. Had no idea. He just took that job. So here's my action step. As I looked at yesterday, you know, reviewed yesterday, I'm like, Oh my goodness. I'm going to call or text Jason Young to see if he can, he can get us connected with some people. Small thing, right? But that's the voice of God. My wife and I have been praying, God, how can you get our daughter integrated and assimilated into that church? And all of a sudden, one of my friends is the pastor over assimilation at that church. Crazy. It's the voice of God. It's just seeing what God's doing every day in your life. And then the final T is talk about today. Talk about today. This is just where you spend time. Say, hey, God, this is coming up today. I got these meetings today. I got this challenge at work today. God, give me wisdom here. God, would you give me help here? Give me insight here. It's just laying your day out before God and saying, hey, God, I'm I'm surrendering myself to you today. Would you work? And then trusting him. You guys, God's speaking every day. We're just not listening. And this is a little pattern that helps you listen to that small, still voice that's coming out every day. and you hear a small voice, and it just guides you in little ways. Now, I'll tell you, sometimes there are big things that need to happen in your life, and you need to God, you need God to speak in a big way. For me, it was just, uh, it was three years ago. All of a sudden, there was this holy discontent within me. I, I was at a great church, but, but, there was something inside of me. I was going, God, you're wanting to do something different with my life and, and you're wanting to expand what I'm doing. And, and I could feel it. So I began to talk to some godly men around me and just say, hey, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Every one of them affirmed it. Mac, we see certain gifts in you. We, we see something happening in you. Yes, you need to, we see God's getting ready to move you. Then all of a sudden, I was on this uh, Christian blog one day, leadership blog, and I clicked on it and it said, looking for a leader to start a church plant network and i read the description it's called the launch network and we need somebody to move to atlanta and start this network and i read it and when i read it my heart just about jumped out of my skin i was like oh my gosh oh i'd love to do that but i clicked off of it immediately and said god if you want me to have it let somebody give them my name well the next day somebody walked in my office hey mac did you see Tony's blog post?" I said, "Yeah, I saw that." "Well, are you going to apply for it?" I went, "No." <laughs> "Why?" They said, "Man, I read that. That's you up and down. Man, you're perfect for that job." I went, like, "Nope. If God wants me to have it, somebody'll give my name." And they looked at me and said, "Well, Jeff has a phone call with them tomorrow." I worked with Jeff, and Jeff's got a phone call with them tomorrow and he's giving them your name." And I said, "You're kidding me." So the next day, just so happens, I had a meeting with Jeff. I walked into his office. He said, hey, did you see Tony's blog post? I said, yeah, I saw it. You thinking about applying for it? I said, if God wants me to have it, somebody will give him my name. He looked at me and said, I talked to him on the phone today, Mac. I almost gave him your name, but we don't want to lose you around here, so uh, I didn't. One month went by, two months went by, three months, four months went by. My curiosity and passion for that job just kept growing and growing and growing. I kept seeing different confirmations around me. But I was like, God, I've never put a resume out my whole life. You've always moved me where you want me. God, if you want me to have it, somebody's got to give my name. So here, all of a sudden, four months later, I was in Polly's Island, South Carolina. And I was at a conference. I used to live in Polly's Island. So that morning, I woke up. I went over to the gym that I used to work out in. After I worked out, I went over, sat in the hot tub, just me, by myself, early in the morning. I sat there and I said, God, <laughs> it's this very hot tub I used to sit here and pray 16 years ago about planting a church in Myrtle Beach. And now here it is 16 years later, and I'm having this conversation with you in this hot tub about starting a church planting network. This is crazy. But God, nobody's given them my name. And clear as day, God spoke to my spirit. And he said, Mac, <laughs> when Caleb was old, he asked for a mountain. Mac, you're old. <laughs> I want you to ask for this mountain. And I said, No, God, I'm not going to ask for that job. They're not going to hire me. That's bigger than me. If you want me to have it, let somebody give my name. He said, Mac, 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 you don't understand. Mac, I've put this passion in your heart. I'm the one that keeps growing it. I keep sending people around you to confirm it in your, in your spirit. Mac, I'm the one that designed you for this. I want you to have it. Listen to me, Mac. I am your father and I love you. I want to give this to you as a gift from me to show you that I love you. I don't want you to get it because somebody else gave me your name. I want you to get it because it's a gift from me. Now get out of this hot tub and go ask for that mountain. I jumped out of the hot tub, ran as fast as I could to my computer, sent those guys an email. A week later, I was on a video conference call with them. Within five minutes, we all knew this was God's will. 30 days later, I was living in Atlanta. But listen, here's the reason I'm telling you this story. You see, yeah, God did something big. God spoke in a big way. But, but, But wait a minute. Let's rewind that. God was doing something inside my heart first. Small little voice. Hey, what if, what if, what if? And then all of a sudden, throughout those four months, different people would come up to me and say things that would confirm that calling. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and God brings a scripture passage into my mind that says, hey, this is what I want you to do. And I'm sitting there like the Pharisees going, Jesus, would you speak and make it clear to me? And he's going, I told you. (laughs) You see, listen, it was the small, still voice throughout the journey that led to the big event where God showed me. Had I not been listening to the still, small voice for all those times, I may have missed God's big voice when he said, (laughs) here it is. You see, God wants to have a conversation with you. He doesn't want to just give you answers. He wants a conversation with you because he wants intimacy with you. And sometimes we don't hear God because we're not listening. He's speaking. We're just not listening. I want to play one more audio for you. And I want to see if you can tell me who this is. Talking about a Christmas story. As a child,
0: our parents had told us all about Santa Claus, the jolly fellow dressed in the suit, long white beard, who lived in the North Pole. He and Mrs. Claus, with a host
1: of elves, spent all their time throughout the year building toys and distributing them to boys and girls. Hmm. Well, you don't know who it is. I do. It's my father, and it was from Christmas this last year. He wrote about a five-page paper. Just sharing his background, how he grew up and what Christmas was like when he grew up, and then when we were all gathered around at Christmas time. My dad read that to all the kids and grandkids, because he was—it's like he was saying, "I want you to know my heart. <laughs> I want you to know who I am." And we sat there and we listened to his voice, and heard his heart and his soul. Can I tell you something? Some of you, you. You're hurting. You're scared. You're confused. You don't know which direction to go. You, your life's not going the direction you thought it was. And, and here you are, you're, you're 28 years old and things aren't turning out like you thought. Or you're 35 and your marriage isn't what you thought it was going to be. Or you know, it, And you're going, I wish I could just hear God. And for some of you in the room, just to be honest, some of you, you're not hearing the voice of God because you don't know the Father. you You don't recognize it because you don't know him. You've never surrendered to him. And so the thing that Jesus is saying to you is, hey, I love you. The message he's given you today, his voice to you is, hey, you've never given your life to me and you don't know me, but I want to know you and I want you to know me. I want you to surrender your life and all you have to do today is just confess your sins and acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you acknowledge that and you confess confess your sins and you accept me into your life, then you and I can have a lifelong conversation. I will have an eternal conversation. And I'll help you grow into everything I created you to be. But it's got to start with getting to know the Father. Others of you in the room, you, you've given your life to Christ, but you've got this habit where you're just doing life and not listening, you haven't attuned your ear. And so your next step is just to take maybe this start method or something like that and just doing something every day, disciplining yourself to attune your ear to the voice of God so that when He speaks, you obey. You see, that's the key. It's when He speaks, you take a step of obedience and He speaks and you take a step of obedience. He speaks and you take a step of obedience and next thing you know, you're on this exciting adventure of Him leading you right where He wants you to be. And things begin to unfold just the way he wants. Now, it doesn't mean it's always easy. It's not going to be easy because he wants to have conversations with you. And in those conversations in the tough time, it develops intimacy with him. In a way that allows you to get to know his heart just the way that Christmas day we heard my dad's heart. And God's saying, I want you to know my heart. Let's have a conversation because when you get to know my heart, you will trust me more and you will discover more of who I want you to be. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time together and thank you for the challenge from your word. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love and your grace and we thank you that you have a desire and a passion to speak to us. You have a desire for us to to hear your voice and know your voice and walk in your ways. So God, as we go into this time of response and worship, God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to identify what is that next step that draws us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, and I'm gonna ask you to reach for your connection card.